Welcome to episode number 56 of the PharmExec podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, senior editor of PharmExec magazine and our podcast host. PharmExec magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, we're excited to be speaking with Lou Bender, founder of Intensity Therapeutics, a clinical stage biotech. Lou talks about using his broad professional background to bring innovation to the oncology space. Up next is a word from our sponsor, and then we'll return with Lou. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. TrueSterum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at TrueSterumNTWK.com. Hello again, listeners. Today, Elaine and I are interviewing Lou Bender, who is the founder of Intensity Therapeutics. Intensity Therapeutics is a clinical stage biotech company focusing on oncology. Lou is the inventor of Intensity's Diffuse RX platform technology, and that technology allows the company's therapeutic products to be injected directly into solid tumors, which I think is pretty cool. Um, this innovative process successfully kills tumors and activates an immune response to shut down cancer cells throughout the body. Thanks for joining us today, Lou. Well, thank you, uh, Elaine and Kristen. I appreciate the opportunity to explain our technology. Great. So injecting tumors directly isn't a new thing. So what makes it different this time around? Well, you're absolutely right. That's a, an excellent question. Um, people have thought about trying to inject drugs into um, tumors as long as there's been drugs and, and tumors. So uh, what's different about this approach is really uh, the question. And uh, what, what I understood about the tumors, which I don't think had been previously understood, is that a tumor consists of both fat and water. And it's got a very high content of fat. Chemotherapeutic agents are soluble in water because they have to be usually given into the bloodstream. Tumors are also under pressure. So you have a fat-containing entity under pressure. And if you inject or stick some water materials into it, it's going to come out of the tumor. And I don't think anybody really recognized that problem. Now, they did try to put gels in and make it uh, absorb uh, better. But the real problem isn't absorption or staying in the tumor. The real problem is the tumor's ability to uh, have the drug disperse throughout its interior. And then, since most of these chemotherapeutic agents act within the cancer cells themselves, is to have the cells absolutely absorb it. And the cancer cells, you know, has a lipid bilayer. It's got a, a fat content surrounding a water compartment in every cell. And so the, uh, the real problem is to figure out how to get the drugs throughout the tumor to stay in the tumor and into the cells. That's what we have a technology to do. Our technology allows for the, the drugs to become soluble in fat and water at the same time. They move through the tumor and they go into the cancer cells. The result is a dead tumor, thoroughly dead, but still looking like cancer that allows it to hit, to activate the immune, immune response. That's what a vaccine is. If you have something that looks like the entity that you're trying 
to get the immune system to target, then you can get a, a more aggressive immune attack. So that's what we do. The answer is a better, safer product for patients, killing the tumors and getting the immune system to do the heavy lifting throughout the rest of the body. Do you need to inject just one tumor to start the process? And how do you choose which tumor or tumors to target? Well, what we're finding is you do not need to inject every tumor. Obviously, that would be, you know, for a patient with 50 tumors, that would be very challenging. Uh, so the idea is to inject enough tumors, the most troublesome tumors uh, or tumors that are the largest, to give the immune system enough target to be trained to attack the tumors you don't inject and also the tumors that you don't even see. Remember, cancer is both a local disease in terms of the tumors that you can visualize by imaging and a systemic disease where the cells are floating around throughout the body. You don't know where they are and you don't know even that you have them. So the idea to, that you would have to inject every tumor is just not feasible because you can't inject the cells that are not there. The goal is to kill as much tumor as you can. And we leave this up to the doctors because they're the ones that know which tumors are safest to inject. But if we can get to a, about 50% of the bulk, 50% of the volume of the, of the cancer that's observed, we can stimulate an adaptive immune response. That's what the data seems to say. So short answer, no, we don't have to hit every tumor and we leave the tumor choices to the doctors who are treating the patients. That sounds excellent. What types of cancer are being treated and what are the post-treatment results? Well, um, so it's been very interesting. Um, this isn't a biological uh, mechanism of, of delivery. This is a physics problem. We make the drugs soluble in fat and water when we can disperse them through the tumors. So the cancer types that we're going after are solid tumor cancers, not the blood cancers because those are, are, are a different need. So what we're doing is we're going through uh, solid tumor cancers and we've treated 17 different solid tumor cancers. And those tumors have all, uh, in most cases, when we give the right dose, reacted very well. So I know you have an engineering background and some very broad experience in drug development. How do you think that helped you to make this a reality? Well, again, I'm a chemical engineer, so I think in terms of, of physics and not necessarily in terms of biology. And I looked at cancer from an engineer's perspective. I looked at cancer as uh, essentially three problems. First problem is you have the large tumors that you can see and the small tumors you can't, which I spoke about a few seconds ago. The second problem is that in those big tumors, you have regions where there are no blood vessels. And so there's no way that if you give the drug into the vein or if you swallow a pill that goes throughout the bloodstream that you can reach all of the regions. It's called a, a hypoxic lesion where there's not a lot of oxygen and not a lot of blood vessels. So you have to get the big and the small and you have to get to, in the big tumors, all regions of it. And then the third problem, which is really what is causing um, sort of the limitations on a lot of this novel immunotherapy, is the ability to have the immune system recognize the cancer. Cancer comes from your own tissue. It comes from yourself. Yourself is obviously something we do not want the immune system to attack. And so how does the immune system recognize the cancer? Cancer has a lot of defense mechanisms against recognition. 
So what we are trying to do is to attenuate the tumor in a way, kill it in a way that allows for the structures of the cell surface to remain intact so that the immune system, when it starts to come in, can now get a better recognition pattern to go back and train the T cells that can go out and hunt down the cancer in a much more effective way. So the big and the small, the difficult to reach, and the recognition. And that's what our technology can address, all three of those problems. And if you can do that, you can make a major impact on helping people battle this disease in a much safer way. Because our drugs stay in the tumor and they don't go off target like many systemic chemotherapeutic agents do now. So what would you say, Lou, is the importance of incorporating entrepreneurship and innovation like this into drug development today? Well, well, first of all, you know, obviously I have had a very different background than many people. I, I have done just about every job in pharmaceutical development. So not only am I an engineer, so I know the manufacturing and the uh, physics of what we're trying to do from a mechanistic, but I worked in business development. I worked in fundraising uh, as part of biotech. I worked in quality assurance and quality control. Any job that, you know, people did not want to do, I got it in my previous experience. So I had all the tools and the knowledge base to complete you know, what essentially is a, a pharmaceutical company. I had the ability to execute. I used consultants to do talk studies, but I was able to work with them. I uh, was very in, instrumental in working with our vendors for the manufacturing of both the agents that comprise our product and the actual product itself. I had the business development, so we partnered with uh, the National Cancer Institute, we partnered with Merck. So you have to be able to wear multiple hats to be an entrepreneur. You have to think beyond just what you know. If you don't have the skills, and I didn't have all the skills in the clinic, I had to partner with Dr. Ian Walters, who's our chief medical officer, who had worked at Bristol and he had developed immunotherapies. He had the connections in the clinical uh, settings at the hospitals that are running our study. So you have to be able to address what you can address yourself, and you have to be able to address with people that can help you and you have to be able to motivate the people to help you. And um, I had the first hire I did was an accountant because I was doing all the bookkeeping as well as everything else. And we got that done through, you know, a real qualified CPA and, and people that can help us on areas that we didn't. So an entrepreneur has to recognize their limitations. An entrepreneur has to figure out a way to innovate, not just in the science and the engineering, but also in the business aspects of what we do. You have to be able to motivate people. You have to be able to find the right people and you have to be able to make a change and adapt quickly if you've made a mistake. And I've made mistakes, everybody makes them. So you have to be able to react, recognize it, put your ego on the shelf and help uh, to fix the problem uh, as best you can. And sometimes it's not my idea that works the best and I, you have to be able to admit that. So I think an entrepreneur has to have uh, a lot of flexibility in their ability to adapt and to recognize their own limitations. It sounds a lot like, uh, you know, jack of all trades. <laughs> jack of all trades, master of a few. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Lou, for coming on today. My pleasure. I, I really, I, I don't get enough, uh, opportunity to talk. It's only, a tw it's only 24 hours a day and I don't have enough time to talk <laughs> and think about my company and help people with cancer. I've met some of our patients. 
Uh, I think every entrepreneur or every CEO who's uh, in biotech should go out and speak to their patients, to yes. use their product. Uh, it's been a very moving experience because we've helped quite a few uh, people and uh, their lives and their caregivers' lives. Remember, it's not just the patients you're helping. You're helping their caregivers. You're helping their families. You're helping their physicians. The physicians are truly dedicated people to help uh, and want to help their, their, their patients. And by giving them new tools like what we're doing here at Intensity Therapeutics to help the patients, to help their families, is just a benefit. And everybody should experience a drug that, um, that you've created uh, and that's helped somebody and, and talk to that person. It's a very humbling experience and it dedicates you even further to, to trying to make this company a success. Well, we're really glad that you were able to, uh, you know, talk about that and talk about the innovation in oncology, share your story of the, of your new therapy um, with our listeners. It sounds great. And we wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate again, as I said, the opportunity to always do talk about our company. What if you had limitless access to customer insights? accelerated timelines, and set fees. At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truestherumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hello, my name is Lou Bender, and I am the founder, president, and CEO of Intensity Therapeutics. And I think my leadership tip is really something that I try to do every day, not just at the company, but also in my daily life. And that's, first of all, to listen, to listen to people, because people have good ideas. Sometimes they're not as developed, but you need to listen. And then you need to find a way to inspire them uh, to uh, understand not only their idea, but your ideas about how to use their ideas. You have to be fair to people. Whenever you're in a position of authority, you need fairness. Fairness, I think, is the most critical element of what you need to do to be successful with people to inspire them. And then you need to also demand excellence. Uh, excellence in what you're having them do and excellence in your own uh, self. So, you know, listening L, inspiring I, fairness F, and excellence E, life, right? Those are the key elements, not just to a leadership. Those are the key elements to life. And I think if you can try to be as good at all four of those traits, uh, you'll be a good leader and you'll be very happy in your life and you'll be successful in whatever you try to do. Uh, that's really the key. Uh, couple that with humility and uh, a good sense of humor which my kids do not believe I have to a large extent. But nonetheless, I think if you focus on listening, inspiring, fairness, and excellence and everything, that tip, I think, goes a long way. As a special bonus this week, we have some additional leadership comments from one of our 2020 Emerging Pharma Leaders. Here's a word from Dr. Andrew Miller, Founder and Chief Operating Officer of Karuna Therapeutics. Being in a small company, you end up at some point in time, doing things that perhaps are really challenging and you feel underqualified for, and those are real growth opportunities. The other side of that is there are times when you're doing 
perhaps more basic tasks. Um, and so you have to have that kind of flexibility. Um, and I think you have to have a passion to, to do that. But I think that becomes a very powerful um, leadership example if you see, you know, the CEO of the company working on, you know, analyzing some piece of data or, or something like that. I, I think it does foster this in a real environment of, of togetherness and a culture where you're saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm kind of willing to do whatever's needed to get done. Um, and I think that's, that could be really powerful um, example for people. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.